Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth, personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. You are tuned now to Future Sense here on BFM 99.9 with myself, Nick Jeans, and my co-host, Stephen McDonald. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Nick. Lovely to see you here this morning, all rugged up. It's not that cold out there. We've got uh, scars. You know, we're getting there. It's, yeah. uh, we're getting little glimpses of spring come through and then the occasional visitation of winter once again. <laughs> visitation of winter. Sounds very poetic. Lovely. Little, little drafts wafting up from Melbourne. Now, we are in the Radiothon, and uh, we uh, the theme of the Radiothon this year is celebrate the difference. We like to say on this show, though, it's uh, in a sense more about celebrating what we share. And what we share, I think, in, in response to life conditions on this planet now, to many things, and of course for everybody it's different, and our take on and our understanding of and our, what's important to us, our value systems are all somewhat different, you could say. But what we probably share in this show is an understanding that there is change coming on this planet, and we are probably involved in it. We're probably passionate about it, many of us out there, in one way or the other, whether you're responding to climate instability or to social injustices or to other things. There's a sense of revolution in the air, and we're seeing this certainly in many places around the world at the moment. And what is the nature of revolution? How does revolution work? Is it the same as evolution? Are we uh, revolting against something, or are we revolting, so to speak, uh, <laughs> to create something? <laughs> to create so I'm just revolting. I'm glad you finished that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> So how are we looking at this today, Steve? <laughs> well, we're going to look at polarization and revolution within the change process, how they play out, and, and uh, we can see those things happening right now in global current affairs. Absolutely. So we'll talk about some examples as well. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Um, let's start with some music, though. And you, uh, we've been listening. We, we travelled, actually, up to Brisbane on Saturday, Steve and I, and uh, our good friend, uh, the Texan Elf, who's often a guest on the show, Mitch Schultz, is probably listening out there. Good, good morning to Mitch and to all of the other listeners out there. We went up to Brisbane to show the film From Shock to Awe, which we showed uh, last weekend in Byron to great success. We had a really successful drive up to, to Brisbane and uh, a showing up there, which was wonderful. It was great. It was also the very first gathering of the Brisbane element of the Australian Psychedelic Society, which yeah. was wonderful too. And if anybody's interested in uh, following that up or perhaps contacting the Psychedelic Society, psychedelicsociety.com.au, I think is the website. Mm, very find good. Them there. You're resonating right now on Future Sense with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans. And many thanks to the uh, business subscribers who have already done so this time in the past and uh, re-subscribed or subscribed anew. And I'd say in terms of our theme today here on Future Sense regarding change, evolution, revolution, uh, it's probably really good for business to know exactly what's going on in terms of how to approach the many challenges that we have. So this station, I think, is probably one of the, the great alternative media outlets that still exists quite strongly in a powerful little place like Byron Shire, like this region, the northern regions of, of New South Wales. And we are a voice which is important because we offer uh, different information, new information, uh, a different take on 
the same old stories. And today we're doing just that, looking at uh, at how indeed we change and how revolution uh, factors into that. What is revolution? How is evolution positive? And where perhaps does it come up against the same old, same old, uh, retreating back to sort of earlier uh, versions of itself, you could say. So we're going to give a little bit of an overview, uh, Steve, of um, of that uh, the process of I guess the roller coaster is the word you use because we are I think most people do feel like they're on a bit of a roller coaster these days. That's right. We uh, on the drive to Brisbane yesterday, of course, mm. we drove past Movie World and saw quite <laughs> a spectacular roller coaster there. Absolutely on the side of the road. <laughs> um, so we're in just to give a I guess a context for the discussion today. Uh, as usual, we're talking about the global consciousness shift that's underway which uh, in most places around the world, and certainly in terms of the dominant global paradigm, is about moving from individually oriented values, which were dominant during the scientific industrial or modern era, uh, to the community oriented values that are emerging Mm. uh, with this uh, new paradigm that some people might call postmodern or or, uh, relativistic. So in in that overall context, um, we're gonna look at the change trajectory. So how change plays out as we shift from one to the other, which essentially is a, like a roller coaster ride, we go from a place of stability, uh, which you know I think if we think back a few decades, we can think of a, a time of relative stabi- stability. There was in the a time back then, modern I'm era sure. when things were good, uh, and um, we move from there as complexity ramps up. We start feeling the stress, and we find that our ways of living, our values, don't quite uh, meet. The, the requirements you know that we we have of them and they, they can't cut it anymore simply because they were values that emerged in a much simpler time they were very very appropriate for that time but they no longer work due to the extra complexity the extra things that we have to consider pay attention to and work with mm. and so um, the moving from stability to stress we we typically wake up one morning and think you know something's not right and I don't know what it is and that not knowing is a really significant aspect of this change process and many people I know uh, find themselves in that place now of not knowing Mm. what to do not knowing what's wrong not knowing how to describe the problem which makes it very very difficult to find a solution and the first thing we typically do as humans is we think back to a time when everything was good and typically that's not back to the previous value set like in this case the modern scientific industrial value set but we go back to the the set before that Mm. which incidentally is a communal uh, value set because these paradigms alternate between individual values and communal values Mm. and and so you know subconsciously we're aware that we need to rethink our values in terms of community, which is taking us back, that regression back to that older version of community values, and there's certainly some learning to be drawn from that. And and I think that's why in these times of change, a lot of people are talking about um, some of our earliest communal values, which are the communal values that come from the indigenous tribal ways of living, right? And and that is valuable in itself, Mm. is, is to reflect on those things. However, um, it's not a matter of resurrecting those values. It's a matter of learning what we can from those older value sets and then crafting mm. a new, more complex, more capable value mm. set based on those foundations. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And so uh, we get this polarization because the, the overall change itself is taking us from um, what you might call an, an I, me, mine set of values to steal from the Beatles mm-hmm. uh, to a we, us, our set of values. Uh, we we are moving between those set of values and consequently feeling pulled in one direction or the other direction and, and feeling this polarization uh, and that's playing out of course globally uh, particularly I guess in politics is one of the, the most prominent ways it's showing up 
Uh, and we need to be versatile and agile during the time of change to know that sometimes one value set will be appropriate and other times the new value set, the emerging value set will be appropriate and to be able to, to notice and you know shift our own approach during the time of change to, to suit. Uh, and certainly if we try and hang on rigidly to the old values, things are just gonna get harder and harder. Yeah. And, and, and again, you know, I see people around me right at the moment experiencing very much that in their personal life. Yeah. And these patterns, it's important to remember, are not just global patterns, they're very personal patterns as yeah. well. They're fractal patterns of change yes. that we talk about on this show. And so they play out in your personal life uh, and they also play out in global politics and large-scale social patterns as well, which, mm. which is kind of cool, really. It's uh, kind of cool. There's, yeah. there's, can I ask though? There's, there's a bit of a split there, though, isn't there? Many people between uh, aligning themselves to one or the other and, and not being able to integrate, in a sense, the paradox of, the t- of being able to do both at the same time where necessary. It's very difficult. Yeah. You know, it's not something that we we do most of the time. Most of the time, we're comfortably in a value set, and, yeah. and you know, we don't have to worry about swapping and changing. But in this period of change uh you know it's it's the elastic band is getting stretched the tension's being created and uh just like uh you know when you look go to the beach and watch the tide come in sure the the waves roll up the beach but then they go backwards again and they roll up the beach and they go backwards again so you got to kind of go with the flow in that respect and appreciate that it's not a it's not a linear trajectory Mm, i think it's very interesting when you use the metaphor of the beach itself and the waves pretty well everybody i think loves the beach and i think there's something resonant straight away and when we see that tidal movement it's such a beautiful thing and, and something in us knows that's how life actually works but we haven't been taught that way. We've been taught that it's a fixed, rigid system. We've one way or the other that we're sort of born into, set into, and that's pretty much it. And we seem to be in a time where we're starting to be aware of this movement, this in and out flow internally, ourselves, our personal level, and on a on a communal and a global level. Absolutely, and and that's part of the evolutionary shift <clears throat> itself is is opening up to these deeper understandings, more <clears throat> complex understandings of how things work generally and so that stress and the regressive value search it builds the tension Uh, it does polarize and and in the polarization of different social groups uh, you know we we see further tension building and then eventually uh, you we fall into chaos of of some kind and uh, we can see the early stages of that emerging globally at the moment and of course we're not fully in the chaos yet Uh, it seems there's more to come and then eventually the, the chaos is like the alchemist's pot where everything gets boiled up and transformed and eventually there there is a breakthrough of some kind and this is the revolution so yes. in today's show we're particularly talking about this polarization step and the revolution step uh, and and that breakthrough is a tipping point it's a time when it becomes clear where we're headed it becomes clear how our values need to change and we move then into a, a time of renewal and integration of those new values, learning how to reshape our lives and our thinking, our ways of being to fit with these new values and follow these values as guidelines. And then over time we come back to stability once again. And the stability in this case with this massive global shift that we're going through, which is uh, playing out over decades, of course, the new stability will be a new communally oriented way of living on a global scale that becomes a, a dominant uh, paradigm. Mm. Yeah. That um, uh, retrogressive uh, force to go back to the previous 
communal value system, which is articulated in the agricultural uh, systems, in uh, particularly in the great religions and those sort of institutions of of uh, our societies, which uh, basically create precepts and rules and regulations that you can live by and receive sort of future rewards and so forth. So there's a lot of retrograde steps towards that sort of the, the increase of. Uh, of awareness of, uh, of our alignment to religions variously, despite the fact that they're also being contested at the same time in so many ways as we're seeing uh, with some of the scandals that have occurred and, and so forth. But that 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 movement back is quite uh, is quite a potent one. There's a lot of uh, there's safety in numbers. There's force in numbers as people re- retrogress. I can I can see how many people are sort of aligning themselves because other people are aligning that way too, and that feels comfortable to them. But it's not actually solving the problems. It's not actually moving forward. Well, well um, you know, it's, it, that's a very interesting statement. Uh, it is, in a sense, it's part of our subconscious knowing that we need to move to community, right? And because we don't, we can't see into the future, we can't see what the new paradigm, the new communal paradigm is like, then we gravitate towards yes. community as we know it, which is the old that's version right. of community. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, we create further tension because going back to those old, simpler ways makes us even less capable of dealing with the complexity which is driving the change, right? So by doing that and by building the tension, we actually accelerate the change process. We Mm -hmm. create more uh, motivation to change because we can see that things are uh, not working, you know, uh, even more extremely. Chaos actually comes quicker then in that situation so that the impulse for actual you know, the the alchemy to occur is stronger. It is stronger, that's mm. right. Yeah, it, it turns up the heat on the on the fire, mm. basically, mm. under that cooking pot. Mm. And uh, and I, you know, as I've said on the show before, you know, I when I first came across these patterns, uh, particularly in Claire Graves' work, yeah. I spent many years puzzling over why the hell we go backwards during times of change. Like, it just doesn't make sense logically. You know, it's not logical, but when you under start to understand the dynamic and the fact that the just like pulling back an elastic band on a slingshot mm. you've got to go in the opposite direction to create that tension on the elastic band in order to fire the slingshot forward and uh, if you look at any complex system whether it be the stock market or our global climate you'll see these same paradoxical dynamics occurring mm. where things move in the opposite direction before a major major shift in uh, you know in in a in a slingshot kind of a way. <laughs> yeah, and it's certainly uh, a, a figure, what you're talking about, that is in some sense a little bit alien <coughs> to, to the dominant paradigm right now, which is a, a, an I'm your mind par- paradigm, yeah. which sort of says if I just keep going barreling forward in whatever way that I can that works for me, then it's just a, it's a, straight, it's a straight arrow there. It is. Tension, it does, tension shouldn't exist other than if I set up the tension myself to create <laughs> yeah, great yeah, stuff. yeah. You know, in the old paradigm, the tension comes from not making enough progress. Yes. You know, it's it's not being successful enough yeah. and yeah. feeling like you have to push, push, push harder. Mm. Uh, and uh, we're moving beyond that now. And what we're starting to see is that systems that still operate on that old, modern, scientific, industrial, uh, work harder, push harder yes. uh, dynamic are actually failing, and and they're failing fast. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's no there's no room in many of our cultures for failure, for example, which is a backward step. I think one of the things that probably the US, America has succeeded in in this era of dominance that they have uh, had, 
um, is this ability to actually live with failure and to even celebrate failure. It's been quite a good uh, marketing well, ploy to sort of turn those things around. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's been a catch cry. Um, mm. You're coming from a, a corporate consulting uh, background, yeah. uh, you know, as, as I worked in for some years. Um, it, it was a catch cry of the old paradigm, uh, fail forward fast. You know, there was one particular quite famous uh, international consultant that, that was his catch cry, fail forward fast. And, and any kind of um, dynamic um, capitalist kind of operation does that. It pushes. It pushes the limits to find out where the limits are. You know, it's only when those, you find those limits that you you realise what you can do. And um, I, I guess mm. one of the, the largest examples of that pushing the limits thing from a global perspective is sending people to the moon. You know, we didn't know we could do that. It was a it was a big experiment. You know, a big risk. Uh, uh, but we stretched ourselves and we did it, and and that was the the old way of doing things. It was finding what we can do, finding out how much we can achieve by pushing, pushing, pushing until we failed. And in that in that modality, also with the moon example, is it was about competition, wasn't it? It was about competing with the Russians. We have to get there first, so we will do whatever it takes to get there first. That's right. And in the big scheme of things, like if we look over the, you know the long cycles of history, the individually oriented paradigms are about that. They're yeah. about breaking out of the the structures, breaking out of the boundaries we put on ourselves, and seeing how far we can progress. You know, and and that's that's a a big evolutionary dynamic which is normal and natural mm. it's just that uh, as the cycle's playing out at the moment we've done that now and we need to shift back into a cycle of stabilization and conformity mm. which is communally you, i know this is it's not really off topic but a phrase that i wasn't familiar with the other day in a discussion that we we were having about the burning platform yeah um, I think this is kind of interesting right now because it seems to be that's the stimulation of the I, me, my um, paradigms, or the last one anyway, that if if uh, if things aren't moving fast enough, let's create a crisis that lighting, doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know, literally, no, not literally, but <laughs> metaphorically lighting a fire under someone's backside, yeah. you know. Uh, and that kind of language... It probably still is common in the corporate world. It was very common in, in the organisational change world that I used to work in was the, this idea of how do you, you get people motivated to change with when they're comfortable, you know? Yeah. And, and the idea is we light a fire under their yeah. backside yeah. Yeah. Uh, is the obvious thing. And, and that was the, the general expression was uh, create a building platform. And that, that was a, and still is, mm. a very common strategy used by change agents. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, I can't, help uh comparing that to the whole climate issue you know it's like we've created the biggest burning platform ever which is the whole this story that the whole world is is burning up um, which uh is a very linear story it's it's classic uh layer five you know modern scientific industrial era language which says to me that it's crafted by the old paradigm uh, and consequently it's most likely to have a hidden agenda uh, that hasn't been made public yet. You could probably extrapolate and say that the burning platform could also be um, false flag operations on a, on, a, on a large scale. These kind uh, of absolutely, operations. yeah. It's it's another it's another another expression uh, of the same thing. Describing it for sure. Yeah. yeah. For all of you out there, strangers in a strange land, you're grokking future sense here on Bay FM. Yeah, and you are tuned to it, 99.9. You are with Future Sense 
here on BayFM through till 11 o'clock and you can text in, as you probably know, on 04373-41119 and uh, talk to us, speak, say your piece here as part of the community, in fact. And uh, Radiothon, is on, Radiothon is on, clearly you know that. You're probably getting a bit tired of the announcements. I think they're pretty good, though. Enjoy them. Double six eight zero seven triple nine or bayfm.org and you can subscribe right now. It'd be really great. And by the way, um, subscribers to this show and to my other shows on BayFM, I'm going to be doing a, a kind of special draw. I'm not revealing what it is on Friday, uh, for or not this Friday actually, but up to Friday, and we'll draw it next week for a special prize for those people who subscribe to uh, to the shows that I'm involved in, as most of the other presenters are also doing. So there's a little bit of an extra incentive. Not that you should need one, because the, uh, the obvious importance of independent media at this time of revolution and evolution, of change and of consciousness raising, as we on this program uh, certainly have a lot of faith in and understanding, I, I think, of what's going on, and hopefully bring some of that to you. So that's why we're here, and uh, we'd love your support. Thank you for that. We're talking about change and revolution today. Um, and next up, Steve. He's typing away furiously. There were so many ideas. It's, it's fantastic to watch. Just channeling messages. You're channeling messages. <laughs> I know. They keep on coming through. Yeah. Yeah. So um, talking about this shift between I, me, mine to we, us, our, between the, the value sets in the the uh, I, me, mine value sets as the uh, scientific industrial era has been, our primary driver is to change the world to suit ourselves. Mm. So we have a clear sense of what we want. We look at the outside world and say, okay, how can I rearrange this world? How can I change this world to to bring me what I want, what I need to do? And uh, the opposition of that, or the, the opposite of that, is the communal value sets that we're moving to, where the central urge is to adapt yourself to what you feel the world needs mm. and and that's mm. a really strong global message that we're hearing at the moment yeah. across many aspects of society is that humans need to change yeah. the way that we've been living is not sustainable yeah. we can't continue that way we need to change the way that we are who we're being how we're living it's also spoken to us of course quite a lot as being wrong the way that we're living now which you know on one level is true we've lived uh, extravagantly we've li- lived abusively on this planet we've used resources we've used each other in ways in the last several hundred if not thousands of years in these ways but is it is it appropriate to see things as wrong or just changing because there's also this you know you're wrong that's wrong we're wrong yeah, look, it's natural. It's absolutely natural when we change between value sets within the first tier of consciousness. So that includes everything from when we first became human uh, as hunter-gatherers uh, right through all of the, the eras and up into the emerging era, this relativistic, mm. which which is still it's the last kind of layer or stage uh, within the first tier of consciousness, as uh, Claire Graves described it in his research. And within that set of six different paradigms, so we're talking about hunter-gatherer to traditional tribal to martial, uh, egocentric to authoritarian, uh, agricultural, and then the scientific industrial, and the emerging relativistic or postmodern, each one of those changes between the paradigms will re- normally result in a rejection playing out. And, and that's part of the the unconscious motivation to change is to feel like the old is bad the new is good 
and and that's giving rise to the kind of language that you're talking about. So it's certainly mm. it's predictable, mm. it's normal. Um, it's also a sign that we're still getting shunted around by these change dynamics in a subconscious way, an yeah. unconscious way. Yeah. yeah? Yes. And uh, the the big opportunity that we're facing now, and which which you know is starting to emerge already. Uh, is this momentous leap in consciousness which actually takes us beyond the relativistic postmodern into what Graves called the second tier of consciousness. And this is essentially a massive awakening. Uh, it's the big shift that's been predicted in many, many different cultures throughout history. Um, Graves called it the momentous leap. And it's uh, also a massive increase in our coping capacity. So uh, one of the... I guess uh, reasons that we're feeling so much pressure uh, as humans on the planet at the moment is we can see all these uh, ways of living that have been unsustainable. We can, and also in the natural cycles of the planet, massive problems that are arising and are also compounding and converging. And we're feeling overwhelmed by the complexity. Uh, many people feel very, very fearful about ha how we will and if we can solve these problems a as a, a species. And uh, it's also quite normal and common for people when they start to grasp the enormity of these issues that we're facing to start to worry about survival of our species. Yeah. You know, will we survive as a planet? Yes. And of course, it's giving rise to organizations like Extinction Rebellion, Extinction Rebellion yeah. which, which are explicitly saying that, yeah. you know, if we don't get our act together here, we're going to go extinct. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and to add to that, you know, there are massive natural cycles at play, including what seems like a sixth great extinction of species generally on the planet. And um, I, I think it's really important to... Uh, understand that you know yes we are part of this system and we are playing a role in what's going on where we're a part of these natural cycles but there have also been five similar major extinctions on the planet before that we can't really blame on ourselves um, and so uh, there's a balance there of understanding that okay yes we're part of this we have a role to play there are things that we need to do um, but also there's a danger in getting lost in the uh, despondency and becoming ineffective and and that actually I, I went to the uh, um, the latter part of the Amazon fires gathering uh, that yeah. the local Brazilian community yes. uh, had here in Byron Bay yesterday and that was one of the things that was uh, pointed out by the spokesperson there who I think was probably Gabriella who was yep. interviewed uh, was uh, you know we need to be mindful that we don't get lost in our despondency and become ineffective because you know if we allow ourselves to be overwhelmed by the enormity of the, the problems that we face, then we are less likely to play a constructive part in resolving these issues. And someone has texted in, I think it's Melody has texted in and said that the world is on fire. Burning would surely be the direct result of misdirected, scattered fire energy, yang, male energy, that only when the balance is redressed with the emergence of the female, yin, energy, can we move forward, question mark. Uh, yes, uh, you know, there's, there's truth in that for sure, that this is a cycle. And uh, I, I think part of, the, part of the trap that we need to be careful of, of falling into is, uh, you know, to get lost in moralizing and judgment and saying this is wrong and, and be, because that really is just, just depressing. Uh, and to understand that this is a natural cycle, you know, and just as, as it shows on that uh, yin-yang symbol, the, the ancient... Tai Chi symbol from Taoism uh, is that these things change and when one energy reaches its 
pinnacle or peak, mm. the seed of the other is born out of mm. it. And once we can understand that dynamic, then we can understand how to work with these things and not to, not to you know, if, if you just think about that Tai Chi symbol, when, for example, the yang energy reaches its maximum, uh, not to die in a ditch because that's happened, but just to realize that actually we can celebrate the end of this era and the birth of a new era and to trust that the cycle will continue. And I think that's something that's really perhaps missing at the moment and, and it's understanding it's understandable that it's missing because uh, most of us don't understand these patterns of change you know it's not something that we get taught in school um, but uh, ultimately there's no such thing as an ending you know every ending is a new beginning mm-hmm. another uh, Sandy has written in also second text here interesting old world, world paradigm perspective the world is so effed up from that song before according to who is it uh, effed up and kind of what you're saying here yeah, perhaps exactly, yeah. all part of the bigger plan for us to change and grow together now in a century starting with two exclamation mark thanks for another great show sandy so yeah i mean that's right whose definition of uh, effed up is it and uh, and is that uh, the best approach for us is the best posture to say it's effed up yeah. yeah, thanks, Sandy. That that is really good, and we can expect this. We can anticipate it. You know, we can predict it. That for most people who are making this shift of values from the modern to the postmodern, that they're still being shunted around unconsciously by these uh, dynamic patterns of change, and they they can't necessarily see the patterns. But for those of us who can see and understand the patterns, and that's a you know the central reason why we do this, uh, this show and this podcast. Hopefully, to, it's of use to, to you talk folks. about these patterns. Yeah. Once you see the patterns, you can then engage with the patterns consciously. Mm. And I, I often liken this to uh, you know, crossing a, a rapidly flowing river that has different currents in it. You know, and if you don't understand where the currents are, then it's very, very scary. If you mm. and you know when you're forced to jump in the river and try and make it to the other side because you don't know which way you're going to get pulled, whether you're going to get pulled under the water, whether you're going to go around in circles forever in a in an eddy or whatever um, but once you sit watch and see the patterns then it becomes much much easier and you can pick where you jump yeah. in the weather river and you know go with the flow yes yeah, going I'm, going gung-ho trying to go directly across a river like that is probably not the best option no um, but it's true that this natural evolution evolutionary dynamic which gives us uh, the, the the motivation to make a regressive value search you know that was designed by evolution to point us in the right direction mm. up until the point where we can see for ourselves and right up you know up until this time in history most of us haven't been able to see for ourselves how the flows occur within these change dynamics mm. uh, and with this momentous leap in particular into second year consciousness we are waking up we're becoming conscious of our own programming mm. Of the evolutionary process itself. Yes. Mm. You know, to use a computer analogy, Mm. it's like we're all of a sudden, it's like the Matrix movie, we can see the code. And it's like, oh, everything Mm. makes sense now. And once we see the code, we can start to mess with it. We can start to play with it. We can edit our own code. Ooh, liking that. (laughs) Hey, folks, if if you're editing your code out there, let's uh, let's hear from you on the text line 0437341. We'd love to know how you're editing your code. Exactly. And various (laughs) spiritual teachers, you know, have spoken about this in the past using language like we are made in God's image or we are God's. And unless you um, sort of understand the, the detail, the context of things like that, they sound flaky and ridiculous. They don't really make any sense. But once you grasp that, we are getting to the point where we can start to see these underlying dynamics. We can see how we've been pulled around by these natural unconscious urges and instincts. And uh, we're starting to be able to map them out. 
So that map that we're building, the map of navigating change and the map of the paradigms that lie ahead of us, uh, it really does give us, you know, in, in some sense, a godlike capacity to have more control over our own experience in life and to you know, craft that in a, in a wise way. Like that. Very good. We'll leave it there for, the, for that section. We'll take a little break here. Crafting your own reality, becoming aware of your own power within the structure of, of the whole, becoming conscious of the evolutionary process itself. You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.